Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Somebody who is blessed by that song, put your hands together, celebrate Jesus. Hallelujah. Wave those hands to Jesus all over this place and tell him, Lord, I put everything in your hand afresh today. I belong to you. Lord, I offer my life to you. Everything, everything I've been through. Somebody, you need to offer something to God today. Something that gave you sleepless night last night. You need to, that's why you are here. Just offer it to him. Offer it to him. Offer it to him. My past, my present, my future. Everything in your hand. Is that your prayer this morning? Lift your two hands to Jesus. Everyone in this place. Everyone online. Lord, as a living sacrifice, we offer our lives. Somebody, you need to offer your business, offer your job. Somebody here, maybe you just need to offer your marriage afresh to him. And then you see peace in a new dimension. Maybe you have been working too hard with your strength. And when you offer it to him, it takes over from there. It takes over. It takes over. Lord, we offer everything to you afresh today as a church. Everyone online, go ahead and offer everything to him afresh. Lord, we offer everything, everything, everything. Somebody, why don't you submit that project into the hand of God afresh today? That project that has become problematic. Just say, Lord, I offer it to you. I offer it to you. Have your way through it. Let it bring praise to you. Let it bring worship to you. Let it become a testimony in your hand, in your hand. And just offer it to you. Offer it. To, somebody, offer a child to God right now. Just offer that child. Mention the name of that child. And say, Lord, I offer this child to you afresh. I consecrate this child to you afresh. Yes, yes, yes. I just offer, offer. Just offer something to God right now. Because he's here. You are not here as a spectator. You are here for an encounter. And Jesus is here. Jesus is here. Jesus is here. So offer something to him today. And let him know you want to just put it in his hand. This is not just a song. It's a prayer. It's a prayer. It's a prayer. Father, we offer everything, everything to you today. And we want to honor you with our lives. We present ourselves as a living sacrifice. Holy and acceptable to you. Faithful God, who is faithful in every situation. We ask that you move over every situation. Move over families, over marriages, over projects. Different things that we offer to you today. Lord, be glorified in someone's mortal body. So we offer our bodies to you as living sacrifice. So sickness has no place where you dwell. So this morning we rebuke sickness. We rebuke pain. Whatever is not planted by God and may be growing in your body, we rebuke it now in the name of Jesus Christ. As we offer our bodies to you, our Father, let peace, health, and wholeness flow through someone's body right now. In the name of Jesus, by the power in the blood of Jesus, with which we procure peace with God, we decree peace overshadows your body. It overshadows your home. Whatever has been offered to God today will receive the peace of God upon it. In the precious name of Jesus. Wave those hands to him all over this place one more time as we celebrate Jesus. Come on, if you're clapping, do it very well for Jesus. Do it very well for Jesus. Father, we honor you. Lord, we honor you. We honor you. We honor you. We honor you. In the precious name of Jesus. Somebody shake hands with your neighbor. Welcome them to church one more time. Shake hands with someone and welcome them to church. Tell your neighbor you're welcome to church. Glory be to Jesus. I said glory be to Jesus. If your neighbor is not smiling, you smile at your neighbor. You smile at your neighbor, all right? What you sow is what you reap. Sow a smile. You're going to reap a smile. I want to welcome everyone joining us online as well. I want you to put distractions away from you and get ready to be blessed by the teaching and preaching of God's word. The Bible says he sent his word and his word heals them and delivers them from all their destructions. As we preach and teach the word of God here in this place uh, at this time, I believe that the foundation of many life will be put together just by the word of God. The Bible says he upholds all things by the word of his power. Whatever has been shaken in your life, 
as you pay attention to the word of God right now, things are going to start to come into place. Or can I get a better amen to that? Yeah. There's power in the word of God to put things together. To put things together. And that's why you're here. You're here for an encounter. So don't be distracted. Pay attention to the word. For everyone online, I want you to also do the same. Please don't be distracted. Pay attention to the word of God. There's inherent power in the word of God uh, to, to cause a shift in the foundation of our lives as we pay attention to it from time to time. There's power in the word of God. Uh, I mean, I, this week, spent you know, some, some time in the word and you, know, you just finish feeling like God has just put my life together again. Yeah. And there's a residue in your heart to meditate on for the whole day. And you can't be meditating on the word of God and be thinking nonsense. Yeah, that's, that's the issue. That's, that's the big deal. What the Bible says in Colossians 3 and 16, it says, let the word of Christ dwell in you richly, richly, richly. And it's about engagement. Yeah. It's about engagement. As you position, the word of God dwells in you richly. It just starts to put the, your, your, you know, the foundation of your life in order so that anything you build on it can have eternal value. Glory be to Jesus. Again, I want to welcome everyone to this service, and I believe the Word of God will do you good in Jesus' name. We'll continue the teaching series that we started, Level Up the Covenant Way. We have been emphasizing the need to walk in covenant with God, and also we have been emphasizing uh, the need to be a steward. We said last Sunday that in, in a covenant walk with God, stewardship is your prison system. Uh, the mindset that all that I am, all that I have, who I am, it's not about me. We said your life is too small to be the sole purpose of your life. Yeah. And at the same time, making a living is too small to be the sole purpose of your life. And the steward says everything, all that I am, all that I have, all that I will ever be, I hold in trust for God and his kingdom. Yeah. So it's not about me, it's about him. Even my life is not about me. I didn't do anything to receive life or to gain life. God imparted life to me without any payment, no collateral, all right? No down payment. He just gave life. And the giver of life is still giving life. But he wants us to have a stewardship mindset uh, to the way we deal with our lives. And that's what we've been emphasizing. I want to take this a little further, especially on this uh, 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 ministry fair Sunday, uh, where we want to challenge ourselves uh, to be more mindful about working in purpose and building eternal legacies. I've titled this, Working in Purpose, How to Die Empty. How to Die Empty. Can you ever tell your neighbor, say, you will die empty? In the name of Jesus. <laughs> Somebody is still second-guessing whether you should say amen or not. It's okay. <laughs> I'm sure by the, time, by the end of this message, your amen will be louder. Yeah, yeah. But I understand. It's okay. It's okay. Um, it's better to die empty than to die full. And there's no better way to demonstrate what I'm saying before I get into the word fully. And uh, some people are expecting to read the scripture. I would, I would do that. But let, let's start like this. Most of us have our devices here, right? We're all gadget generation. You know, even if you are, you know, older than all of us, you are still locked into this generation. For you to be relevant to this generation, you must have gadgets. Am I saying the truth? Yeah. So somebody has a phone. Can you wave it at me? Or some gadget, all right? The point I'm trying to make is this. So look at this. This phone, most people only use 20% of what the phone can do. The reason why you change your phone is either because of wear and tear or there's a new model and you want to feel along, among. So you buy. Am I saying the truth? Yeah. Most people, all you do with this phone is switch on, switch off, text message, WhatsApp, what else? Yeah, some people, yeah, picture, and some people, Instagram, and there are many apps that will better your life that came with the phone, utility app, you know, uh, finance app, all kinds of different things that you have never opened before. Yeah, and there are many things this phone can do that if you spend one day on YouTube and ask the question, what else can I do with this so-and-so phone? What I'm saying is this, the utility value of this gadget will be so limited if you are not interested in exploration. And
And a lot of the time, many people will say the lifespan of the phone is over just only because of longevity of use and wear and tear. Not because you have fully utilized it. Yeah. And some of us have been tagged, you know, shrewd. In this part of the world, we call them Ijebu. Apologies to Ijebu people, but that's what they say. Yeah. Because the iPad I used before now, I think I've used it for six years. This is still like uh, two months old. I don't just use gadgets and throw them away because until it cannot be updated again, sometimes I don't drop it. <laughs> I use it fully. Yeah. I'm an expert in usage. Yeah. I get my money's worth almost completely. You can call me anything you like. But that's who I am, and I know myself. <laughs> you understand what I'm saying? So, what do you think about God and you? Does he just want you to live up to 90 and just go? Yet you are not empty. You have not been fully utilized for his kingdom and for humanity. There are many people who die at 90, 100, they are loaded with books that they never wrote. Some of them have capacity to sing. They never sang one song or wrote a note. Yeah. There are many people who are carrying the next uh, technology with them to the grave. And you are loaded enough to be able to deliver some of those things. Because God has an original intention for your life, but you, the utilitarian value is too low. We are just, we are just counting days. We are not making the days count. Somebody say with me today. Yeah? And Psalm 90 and verse 12 says, teach us to number our days that we may gain a heart of wisdom. Let's not just count the days. Let's make the days count. Yeah. Let's make the days count. Some of us are experts in numbering days. Your bad day can never pass without gathering people. The only thing is, are we making the days count? It's about working in purpose, positioned to die empty. That's how we can make the days count. And you, you can only do that if you are ready for God to press all the buttons on you. Just like we press our gadget. Yeah. Because some people right now, you have like 10 or 20 buttons, only two have been pressed. Even the knob is almost going bad. Press another one. Yeah. Because that's the one you have been pressing since you are small. God wants you to press others. Yeah. Uh, uh, let, let me say this and I'll get into the word. Many years ago, I was visiting with a friend of mine in England, and he had this, um, is it four or five, you know, the, the girl maybe will be close to like 18 now, but no, 17 now, but at that time, she was maybe three years old. And this girl was reading, as in reading where? At three. Yeah, maybe three going to, reading everything. Can pronounce almost any word you know, and all that. And I asked my friend, how did you do this? I said, PG. My wife and I stumbled on something, and he described it. I can't even remember very well, but this was how he described it. He said, there's this Japanese system that helps you to press all the buttons on children when they are still young so that they can be functional. You are pressing all the buttons. You arrange, there's a way you arrange things around them. There's a way you do, yeah. See, spiritually, some of us, angels have tried to press the button. But you're busy covering yourself with duvet. Say, don't press, don't press. Yeah. Because there, there are things, and let's get into the word. Jeremiah chapter 1 and verse 5. God was speaking to Jeremiah here, and he described what I'm talking about more intentionally here. He said, before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Before you were born, I sanctified you I ordained you a prophet to the nations. What's happening here? God said, before I formed you, I knew you. My intentionality about you predates your shape or how I formed you. So, I formed you for your purpose. I will say together. So, God said, before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Before you were born, I set you apart or sanctified you or put you in the path of certain fulfillment or purpose. 
and, and in, in the case of Jeremiah, not all of us, but in the case of Jeremiah, he said, I ordain you a prophet to the nations, not local prophet, to the nations. So everything that will uh, yield the functionality of a prophet to the nations was carefully, intricately coded into Jeremiah before he was born. In the formation of Jeremiah, everything around God's original intention was coded into it. Your purpose predates your form. So your form is to buttress your purpose. And we stay together. That's what God is saying here. Your form or your shape, if you bring it to the realm of the physical, I've met people in this church before, outside of Israel, who will meet me and say, ah, is that the pastor? It's so small. This is the shape for my purpose. What is your problem? <laughs> you understand what I'm saying? And I'm using myself as an example so that you also can take a cue from that. Stop allowing people to tell you you are too short. You were shaped or formed for your purpose. Are the people criticizing you wiser than God? God looked at Jeremiah and said, before I formed you, I already have an intention, a purpose. So I formed you for your purpose. So can you hear me tell your neighbor, say you are perfect for your purpose. Yeah. So that's even physically speaking. Because all this pressure that young people are going through today, eh, to be like this, to be like that, to glow, to ah, relax now. Yeah. If God knows that you need to glow to fulfill your purpose, he will have been making you to glow before you come out of the womb. I don't know if you understand what I'm saying. I'm not saying don't glow. But that should not be turned to your purpose. Why am I here to glow? Yeah, you understand what I'm saying? Because <laughs> are you still with me today? This is very, very important. Yeah. To walk in purpose, to understand that I've been shaped for my purpose. And God wants me to walk in purpose in Acts 13 and verse 36. When you read the Amplified Translation, uh, the man that was after God's heart, David, uh, Paul, the apostle, was describing his life. Uh, and he said, uh, for David, after he had served, Acts yeah, act 13 and 36, after he had served the purpose of God in his own generation, fell asleep. That means he died and was buried. Is the first part I'm interested in. He said, David served the purpose of God for his generation. Put Amplified Classic. Yeah, you have that. Okay, put it on the screen, uh, on, on, on the big screen. Okay, good. In the Amplified Classic, he said, for David, after he had served God's will and purpose and counsel, God's will and purpose and counsel in his own generation, he fell asleep in death. That's how to die empty. Because when I said, you should pray that you die empty, some people are looking at me as you want to kill us. No, that's not what we're talking about. It's that I deploy everything fully. David, after I assert God's purpose, God's counsel, God's will for his generation, how can I position myself to be the kind of person who will be able to serve God's purpose, God's will, God's counsel for my generation, for the kingdom of God, for humanity, with everything that God has coded into me? That's what we're talking about in the brief time that I have today. God weaves unique design into all human, all human life. I'm unique, you are unique, we are woven uniquely to fulfill certain purpose. Yeah, he, 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 he has woven uniqueness into our design. Glory to God, go to my slide. Yeah, he has woven uniqueness into, you know, our, our lives. So look at your neighbor for me and tell your neighbor, say you're unique for your purpose. Say celebrate your uniqueness. Or say to somebody, say celebrate your uniqueness. But you need to understand your uniqueness. Let me tell somebody, say you need to understand your uniqueness. The pastor is going to talk to you now. Yes, yes. I want to talk to you about your uniqueness and how to understand your uniqueness. Because God's investment in you is designed for a specific purpose. It's when you understand your uniqueness that you start to walk in that unique purpose as you walk out 
you know, uh, uh, your form or your shape. So, sometimes we start inside. As we start to get revelation about God's purpose for us, sometimes we just need to walk out from the outside. Whichever way you walk, you're going to walk into purpose. If you don't second guess your form, your form is supposed to lead you to your purpose. And your purpose predates your form. But sometimes we receive revelation about what God wants us to do. Some other times it's just everything around us pointing us in a particular direction. I want to dwell a bit on everything around you pointing you to a particular direction. Yeah. Because one way to break everything down is a concept of shape. Concept of shape by Eric Rees. Eric Rees was a pastor in Saddleback Community Church in California at the time, and he wrote a book on serving God with your life. And he came up with this concept where what God was talking about in Jeremiah 1 and verse 5, before I formed you, I knew you. The form there is shape. God said, I shaped you for your purpose. But you need to understand your shape. Yeah. So I want to talk a little bit about your shape using this acronym that Eric came up with. This acronym that we call SHAPE. S-H-A-P-E. Somebody say, I've been shaped for my purpose. Yeah. So I, I, I want to work with you in the remaining time that I have to just walk through your shape so you can understand it very well. S there stands for your spiritual gift. Your spiritual gift. You cannot die empty and walk in purpose if you keep neglecting the fact that God has endowed you with certain spiritual gifts. Yeah. Certain spiritual gift. That's some spiritual gift that God has endowed you with that he wants you to be able to open up to. In Ephesians chapter 4, uh, you know, uh, and, and, and verse number 4, the Bible says there's one body and one spirit just as, the, the, uh, as we are called uh, in one hope, one hope of one calling. It says, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God, you know, and all that. And, uh, and it said, through all, in you all, but to each one of us, grace is given according to the measure of, the, of Christ's gift. Therefore, he says, he said, when he ascended on high, he led captivity captives and he gave gift unto men. He gave gift unto men. He gave gift unto men. Yeah. Uh, and if I jump down, he says, he, 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 and he himself gave some apostles, you know, some prophets, some evangelists, and some teachers. This is just talking about the gift that God gives. It's not limited to what, what we have in that place. And even before we become saved, sometimes God wants to prove to us that he has always been active in our lives. Being saved is handing over the control willingly to him. It doesn't mean that he has always fully lacked control. He just wants us to hand over. God's eyes are over everybody, whether saved or unsaved. He's watching over everybody. And he orchestrates things even from the days that you have not submitted to him. Even the days that you don't even know yourself. Uh, who watched over you in, in your mother's womb? Is it not the same God? Yeah. When you didn't have a mind to think whether you want to live for him or not. It's always been a part of our lives. That's why you have unbeliever friends who said, I dreamt, and my dream came to pass. It's just God getting an incursion into their lives to signal them that I'm still at work in your life. And there are certain spiritual gifts that have embedded into you. That's why Paul was praying for Timothy and talking to Timothy. He said, find to flame the gift of God that is in you. The gift of God can be in you and is dormant because you do nothing with it. But it's part of your shape. Yeah. Part of your shape. Some people just, you know, but if you're not aware of it, it profits nothing to you and to the entire world, to your family or to this church. But your gift, your spiritual gift can help your church, can help your family. Your spiritual gift can populate the kingdom of God. And some of us have been dormant. That button has not been pressed in a long time. Just come to church in the spirit you are wearing winter jacket so that no button can be pressed. You know, some people come so guarded. Yeah. You are listening to message like this. You are, you are too guarded for the Holy Spirit to touch or press any button. Yeah. Literally speaking, it's as if you came to argue with God. <laughs> so how, 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 and when you are in that mode of argument, you don't allow him to press anything. 
say God is touching people here. Say, no, excluding me. Not touch me. Touch me for what? From where to where? And some people have certain areas of their life. Even if Jesus appeared to them and said, bring it, let me touch them. No, no, don't touch that one. Yeah. This season, may God touch you fully. I said, may God touch you fully. Touch the foundation of your life in the name of Jesus. Oh, somebody say it better. Amen. So there are spiritual gifts that God has, you know, just given to us that he wants to, 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 to be able to work with in you and I. Another one is, is the, 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 our heart. H there stands for heart, which is the seat of your passion. The things that unlock your passion. Yeah. So, part of the blessing that God wants to press in your shape, part of what he wants to submit to him is your passion. Your heart, your passion. What do you love and enjoy doing? Those are the things you're passionate about. Sometimes, uh, what, what, uh, what we call obi is our calling. But because we are not alive to God and to his intention, we keep calling it obi because we are passionate about it. Many people don't understand that not everybody is passionate about things you are passionate about. You know, as we are here right now, and I don't mean to, you know, to, to, you know, to bring anybody down, but some people have dropped their kids in children's church, and they won't even think about children again until service is over to just go and pick them. Whereas some people, as they're here, you know, you can't get children out of their mind. To the point that they're willing to go to school, study to PhD level, or maybe early childhood education. They're so passionate about it. It's beyond education. It's about, it's about, it's about their passion. Some people, the only reason why they stay in any church is music. Because it resonates with their passion. But for some of us, if you like, sing. If you like, don't just give us the word. But stay. And give us good people to relate with. We're okay. Yeah. Even without praise worship, we will stay. I don't know if you understand what I'm saying. <laughs> I don't know if you're getting one. I'm just talking about passion. There are some people, when they see a car, they Google it, they check engine, they check everything. And they see their friends, ah, that car is in Lagos now. I just saw it. Say which car? Say ah, that you know that car. I'm talking about. Oh, God, relax. You, see, you are almost tempted to say, "Is your life about car?" Yeah. And you know, some people when they are about to make money, the first thing they are thinking about is car. With everything in this world, but well, that's their area of passion. If they don't buy that car, they won't feel that they are living. That's the issue. Not everybody is passionate about car like that. There's something that you are passionate about. There's something that drives your zeal, that gets your attention. God wants to use your passions for his glory, for, for the increase of his kingdom, for the betterment of humanity. Thank God for people who have used their passion well. That's why we have you know, experienced certain level of advancement as humans. But we have too many people in church who are not alive to their passion. So what do you have passion for? What sets you on fire and consumes you with zeal? What makes you angry or frustrated? What problems can you not get out of your heart? These are the things that you are passionate about and God wants to use those things. The next acronym is A, Abilities. There are unique natural abilities that are either inherent or acquired. The mistake that most people make is that, especially when they acquire skills, maybe you went to school, you pay top dollar, you think that that skill, you must always use it to earn a living and make money. You struggle to do pro bono things with it. You struggle, you know, to, to use it for, for, you know, for charitable causes or for or in your church, or in the community, you just feel everybody must pay you. Thank God, for instance, for doctors or lawyers right here in this church. When we run, uh, you know, our periodic month, uh, 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 medical outreach where we do surgeries for free, doctors travel from everywhere. Some doctor, I mean, a doctor came all the way from the U.S. to be a part of that and work for free. Yeah, 
the, the, the chief surgeon of one of the private hospitals on the island here, I just met him at our outreach. He said, my friend told me he was coming from the U.S. He challenged me so much, I took three days off. He said, Pastor, every day by 12 noon, I'll be here and I'll do surgery till night. And it's free. Yeah. People in this church, <laughs> praise God, yeah. Lawyers in this church, who takes the brief of this church for free and sort us out. All our major contracts, I know that they read through everything, make sure everything is okay. Our church is not exposed in any way. When some people here who have legal cases but they cannot afford it, we call on some of them, they represent them for free. It's not everything that must be about money. I don't know if you are getting what I'm saying. And that's what the community of faith is all about. That's why God is exposing you to what he's exposing you to. Whether it's innate skill or acquired skill, God wants to use everything. God wants to use everything. Some people can sing and it's natural to them. Some people have to go to school to train their voice. Whether you train your voice or God gave you for free from heaven, God still wants to use it. So all kinds of abilities that God has given us. All kinds of abilities. The next one is your personality. You know, your personality, uh, your temperament, the natural wiring. Some people, you know, are outgoing. Some people are introverted. So you have introverts, you have sanguine, you have, you know, people who are melancholy, people who are choleric, who are go-getters. You have phlegmatic people who keep to themselves a little bit more. All kinds of, pers all personalities are great for your purpose. For your purpose. Some people are confused about you, wanting you to be them. Relax. God wants to use you the way you are. He just wants you to be the best version of yourself. Are you still with me today? Because some of us are in marriages right now where maybe one person is a choleric go-getter, the other one is a phlegmatic, you know, somebody's always pushing down the wall, while the other person will wait until the wall falls by itself. Yeah. And then this other person is frustrated, is pushing you and all. No. God brought both of you in there to balance you out. We can't be pulling war all the time. We won't live long. Let, let's, let's, you know, let's balance ourselves. Yeah. So don't be frustrated in that relationship. Yeah. So if somebody is pulling the wall, somebody is saying, no, let's wait. So we we'll balance it out. Balance it out. It's a part of your shape. Your personality is in it to you. It's one of the things you may never be able to do anything about. Many people who struggle to change themselves, who psychologists have said, it's not about changing yourself. It's about optimizing what you have, your natural wiring. How do you optimize it? Yeah. Because one thing that would never change, even if Jesus himself lay hands on you, is your personality. Yeah. But Jesus wants you to maximize and optimize your personality, especially in the service of God. You know, some people... They, all these things I'm talking about, you've never thought about how your shape can bring anything else to you apart, apart from how you can maximize your shape for money. Purpose has never been on the table. It's just, let's use ability, let's use everything. I have, you know, I'm a sanguine, I can talk. When I show up, I market, everything sells. I use it for money. What about Jesus? I'm preaching Jesus. I'm talking about Jesus. Since your mouth is sweet, are people listening to you? How many people have you sweetened into the kingdom? Yeah. With this sweet mouth that is making money. Glory be to Jesus. <laughs> and the last one is experience. Experience. A few years ago, I wrote a book, Don't Waste Your Pain. It's a small book. I think we even like, give it out to our first-time guests in this church. Small book, Don't Waste Your Pain. It was the encounter I had with God about experiences that made me write the book. Because... Your most painful experience in life can be a tool in the hands of God. Yeah. Most painful experience. And there, there are people who are busy talking away their experiences so that God will not use it. Or so that they can forget it quickly. That thing that you're running away from that you want to forget may be what, what God wants to use the most. Can I give you examples? And I'll give you examples. The scriptures replete with examples. But even if I don't want to go into scriptures and I want to use... Real people. You know, uh, the, 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 there's a guy called Nick uh, Vujic or something. The guy who was born without uh, hand and leg. Yeah. 
And the guy's a motivational speaker. They will put him on the table. And he will speak. Some of us have seen him online before, right? Yeah. <laughs> Nick is now even married. Yeah. That's a child. Son. Yeah. Children. Uh-huh. And some people have leg and hand. And we're still begging them to marry. <laughs> yes. Let's shake that table small. Yeah. Glory to God. It's important that you know that some of your worst experiences in life, God wants to use it. God wants to use it. God wants to use it. Just Mayer, one of the greatest teachers and evangelists of our time, foremost in our class as a lady, big platforms all over the world. And it's our experience that she shares. How as a teenager, our father slept with her almost every other day. Almost completely destroyed her life, but God raised her up. Her first marriage, she flunked it because she has never known love on how to manage, you know, emotional connection. Thank God for her second husband, who is still without her today, who helped her to get into ministry and became an, a, a global, globally acclaimed person. And every time she shares her experience, that painful experience of abuse, people get healed from emotional pain. All kinds of abuse will be, God will be healing abuse like, you know, anything. Just me, I will be teaching. She doesn't even make noise. She doesn't lay hands. She just teach. A whole stadium is packed. Women are crying and getting healed and getting liberated. What do you want to do? about some of the most painful experiences of your life. God wants to use it. It's not enough to just tuck it away. It's not enough for God to just help you forget it. Jesus said, be my witnesses in Jerusalem, in Judea, and uttermost part of the earth. What does it mean to be a witness? Tell your story. Can you hear me tap your neighbor? Say, what's your story? Say, don't keep it away from us. Say, God wants to use your story. Glory be to Jesus. Our experiences are the things that make us who we are. Even from childhood. Somebody, you may grow up in, you know, in a loveless marriage of single parents and all that. That does not mean that your, your, your own has to scatter too. Yeah. Some of the experiences that we don't even want to remember are the things that God uses. Let me tell you a personal story and I'll end this. For me personally, I mean, Pastor Chris was with us like a week or two ago, our guest speaker, and one of the time in the green room, she was, was asking me, amongst our circle of friends, ministers, how, how do you do it? You seem to be the, the person that can talk to everybody, that is friends of everybody, you can manage people's, you know, excesses, and you know, and all that, and he was just talking, talking, I said, Pastor Chris, there's nothing to it. There's nothing to it. It's the experience of my life that some of it prepared me for this. You cannot grow up in a house of 30 people with about 70% of them knuckleheads, and you won't be able to cope with people's excesses. Yeah. When I got married to my wife, she, there are four kids in her father's, in, in her family, with parents, two parents, there are six. That's a subset of my own family. <laughs> yeah. So, the, 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 the experience is different. She couldn't cope with crowd. Crowd is my thing. I don't know if you understand what I'm saying. Yeah. So, pastoring in that church is not a problem. We are welcome. You are welcome. Yeah. Based on how I grew up. Because in a small house, we are about 26 or 27 with many cousins living with us. You can't lock the door. You can't do anything. If you're a robber, come and attack us. Yeah. We are more than enough to deal with you. Arm robber never came to our house once when I was growing up. Because from outside, you will know that this is a boot camp. So all this experience, there are many things, and some people, you don't want to talk about that outside. If we are talking about their family, I see everything, so you say, my family, we're cool. We're not cool. <laughs> it was, that's just, there's a way I grew up. I'm not like you. And God wants to use it. Let's stop pretending. 
Because all those experiences, as I, I don't, de- I mean, I'm not trying to demean people's pain. Some people have suffered sexual abuse, like rape and all that. I'm not saying, uh, you know, that it, 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 it's not okay. But God wants to use it. Because every second, people are still getting raped in our world today. They need to hear the voice of a survivor. It's not about drudging and make, making us feel like everything is okay. It, it, everything may not be okay, but you're okay now. God has healed you, so what's your story? Because it's part of your shape. That's part of your shape. So from your spiritual gift, to your passion, to your ability, innate or acquired, to your personality, to your experiences, God wants to use everything. He wants to press everything like a button and make them speak out for his glory. Glory be to Jesus. Just wants to press everything like a button and make them speak out for his glory. Hallelujah. I said hallelujah. As I wrap up today, some people are doing the wrongest things with their shape. Now we don't permit you in Acts chapter 9. When you get to me, you read it about Paul. Paul was doing the wrong thing with his shape. Persecuting the church. Doing all kinds of things. He was astute. He was a good lawyer. He was, you know, PhD in law and all that. Brought up in the school of Tyrannos. The best, you know, Ivy League school of his days. He, he could, you know, he could talk. He could do this. He could do that. He, he was arguing cases. When they were killing Stephen, he was the one that championed the killing. The first matter of the church. He was at variance with God's purposes for his life, though deploying his shape. But when God will corner him, that's one of the benefits of coming into the covenant with God. God starts to realign your shape. If you are truly a disciple of Christ, your journey to being a fully devoted disciple of Jesus is to allow God to realign your shape. Yeah. Rather than dodging your experiences, bring it to the fore. If it's your ability, let God use it. Yeah. Let God use it. Let God use it. Let God use it. Matthew 6 and 33. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. With your shape, seek God. Let him use you. Let him use you. Let him use your life. Let him use your life. So that all these other things can be added. Paul, I mean Saul, when he became Paul, it was a repurposing and a realignment. It was so beautiful. To the point that, look at this, listen to this. See how beautiful it became for Paul. Paul passionately planted churches to the glory of God and watered those churches with his ability to write. Yeah. Peter only wrote two epistles. He was a fisherman. He could not write to save his life. The Holy Ghost shall walk small and wrote small. But someone who, it was part of his shape, he just needed a little push. Paul was not set out to write the Bible. He was just serving God. Two-thirds of the New Testament, he wrote, just deploying his passion and his ability. And when they would canonize the Bible, it, all his writings made it in. Most of them made it in. That was not all the book he wrote. It was just the one that was canonized to become a part of the, the Holy Bible. When he was writing, if he knew he was writing the Bible, he would write better than that. Yeah. Yeah. He will, he will write, but he poured himself into it. What are you doing today that may become a legacy? You may not be doing it because you want that legacy, but God knows that if you deploy your shape, he can put his hand on it. Glory to Jesus. Glory to Jesus. Lift your two hands with me and say, Father, Use me for your glory. Use me for your glory. Let my legacy be the legacy of the kingdom. Let my shape resonate with your heart. Use me for your glory. Use me for your glory. Use me for your glory. Lift your two hands to him and pray in the Holy Ghost. Pray in understanding. As we pray right now, I see a divine realignment, a realignment. If there's any soul in this house, a soul is becoming a Paul. Yes, yes, yes. God is realigning your shape. Yeah. Anyone who has only been living solely for money, 
kingdom is here. The kingdom is here. The kingdom is here. The kingdom is here. And God wants you to participate with your full shape. With your full shape. With your full shape. With your full shape. God wants you to participate with your full shape. 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 That's why we sing, I gave myself away so you can use me. That's, that should be somebody's prayer right now. Say, Father, I give myself away. Just play softly for me. Just play softly. Yeah. yeah just, just, just play softly. Lord, I give myself away. It doesn't matter what your age is. Abraham was called at 75. Check that out. Yeah. Joseph was, was dreaming. Joseph was dreaming at 17. But, but, but Abraham was called at 75. It, it's not about age. It's about whether you are ready or not for God to use you. It's about whether you are ready or not. And it's not about your status. Ruth was a widow. Naomi was a widow. <laughs> but somebody may be giving an excuse right now. The reason why I'm not deploying my shape is because of the season of life that I'm in. No, it's, it's not necessary. It's not, it's not about that alone. Yeah, it's not about that alone. Oh, the reason why God cannot use me is because I'm a technocrat and, you know, and all that. Joseph was a technocrat in Pharaoh's palace. Yet, he was serving the purpose of God. Yeah. He was serving the purpose of God. What can God do with your life that you are not yet open to? Or you are not aligning yourself yet? Wave those hands to him one more time and say, God, find me faithful. Find me faithful. Find me faithful. Whatever you are doing in this season, don't do it without me. Don't do it without me. Don't, make, make that your prayer right now. Tell him, don't do it without me. Don't do it without me. Whatever you are doing in this church, don't do it without me. Whatever you are doing to transform this nation, don't do it without me. I want to be a part of it. I want to be a part of it. Whatever you are doing to plant churches and to bring people to the knowledge of uh, your kingdom, don't do it without me. 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 Glory to Jesus. Don't do it without me. Because I want my life to count for something more, something extra. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. With all that's bowed, I'm going to pray right now. I'm going to yield a few more minutes for us to pray together as a congregation. But before then, with all that's bowed, just for the privacy of this moment, I want to pray for anyone under the influence of this service who may be saying, PG, I don't know Jesus as my Lord and personal Savior. Or somebody who may be saying, I said the prayer before by backsliding into sin, and I want to rededicate my life to Jesus. I want to pray for you. I want to pray for you. If you are online, I want you to go to the chat or comment and just put it there. I'm rededicating my life to Jesus. I'm giving my life to Jesus. But right if you are in this room, can I ask that you put your right hand on your heart if you want to say that prayer with me. I want to give my life to Jesus. Or I've said a prayer before, but I know I backslid. But I want to rededicate my life. Put your hand on your heart and let me say a prayer with you. Let me say a prayer with you. Or wherever you're sitting in this auditorium, God is everywhere. God is everywhere. God is everywhere and he wants to transform your life. If your hand is on your heart, can you lift the second one up as a sign of your surrender to Jesus? Just lift the second one up as a sign of your surrender to Jesus. Thank you for that hand. Thank you for, just lift it up. It's your surrender to Jesus. This is not unto man. Uh, no pastor can save a soul. Only Jesus saves souls. He died on the cross for you and I and he's still watching over you. Even when you're far away from him, his eyes are still running to and fro, watching over you watching over you. That's why the enemy has not gotten you. That's why you're still alive and well because he's been watching over you. And now he's knocking at the door of your heart. He wants to come in and be a part of your life fully. He wants to be a part of your life fully. If you're lifting your hand, I want you to lift it well. Lift it well. It's to Jesus. It's to Jesus. It's to Jesus. If your hand is up, can you stand by your chair right there? Remain where you are, but stand. Stand. Just stand. Quickly. Stand. Stand by your chair right there. Just stand. Quickly. Stand. Stand, my brother. Stand, my sister. Just stand. Stand. Yeah. Join the people standing and just stand. Stand. Yeah, whether you're on the gallery or under the gallery, I want you to stand everywhere. If you're online, I want you to just go to the chat and let us know I'm joining the prayer. And if you're in a place where you can stand, also stand. Stand. You're standing in honor of your God and your maker. And I want you to stand right now as we pray this prayer together. 
It's a time of restoration. God is calling backsliders back home. And if he's knocking at the door of your heart, the best thing, your best response is to open up, open up, open up, open up, open up as you stand to join this prayer. If you're standing, I want you to say this prayer with me very quickly. Say, Lord Jesus, I come to you today. I acknowledge that I've sinned against you. I want to be reconnected. So I open up my heart to you and I ask you to come in. Forgive my sins. Cleanse me from every unrighteousness. I accept you today, Jesus, as my Lord and my personal Savior. Fill my heart with your spirit and give me a new beginning. Thank you for accepting me just the way I am. I pledge my life to you today that I will live the rest of my life serving your purpose, deploying my shape for the purpose of your kingdom. Thank you, Father. If you just said that prayer with me, I want you to walk to the heart that is closest to you. Our ministers are at the heart. They just want to spend a couple of minutes with you and you'll be back with us in the service. Thank you uh, for your honesty. Thank you for your dedication. Can we appreciate all the bold people making a decision for Jesus today? And can we all rise on our feet? Rise on your feet, everybody. Rise on your feet, everybody. Glory to Jesus. Glory to Jesus. Everyone online, if you're in a place where you can stand, I also want you to stand. Stand. Can you lift your two hands to Jesus? And say, Father, I offer my life to you. I release my shape to you. Use me for your glory. Use me for your glory. Use me for your glory. I want you to turn that to your prayer right now. Think about spiritual gifts that need to, to come alive. Think about, you know, passions that have become dormant. God has never created a passionless person. We only have people who have not discovered their passion. Will you speak to him today? So, Father, order my steps in the area of my passion. Help me to be passionate about things that touch your heart. Help me to release your, my passion in a way that will transform lives. Help me to release my passion in a way that will change lives. Yeah. Make my life a life of contribution. Will you lift your voice and pray right now? Receive grace to walk in purpose. Receive grace to walk in purpose. Receive grace to walk in purpose. Speak to him right now. Speak to him right now. Glory to Jesus. Say, I receive grace to walk in purpose. 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 Let that be the prayer of your heart. My life will count for kingdom legacies. Somebody, I, I need you to pray from your heart that this one life that you have will not just be about making a living. It won't be about just making a living. That every experience, every personality type that you have, every ability that God has loaded you with, it will bring glory to God. It will bring glory to God. It will serve is eternal purpose here or not? It will serve its eternal purpose here or not? Father, we thank you. Father, we bless your name. We give you glory and we give you praise. Lift your two hands with me as I pray. Heavenly Father, we receive grace over this congregation and everyone online and everyone that will watch this later. We decree in the name of Jesus. Let your hand touch the foundation of our lives. Let there be a realignment with your purpose. Let there be a realignment with your will. In the name of the Lord Jesus. Lord, move over everyone here. Touch something in the foundation of our lives that will not make this life to be a wasted life. In the name of the Lord Jesus. Point our attention to our shape like never before. Beyond the word taught today, Holy Spirit will hand over everyone to you. That you continue to speak to us about our shame. That our life may be relevant to God's eternal purpose. That when we stand before our maker, we will hear, well done, good and faithful servant. May we walk in purpose. May we die empty. To the glory of our King. In the name of the Lord Jesus. Somebody put your hands together, celebrate Jesus today. Hallelujah. Come on, you can do a little better. Celebrate Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Please, you may have your seat. Have your seat.
So like I, I, I announced earlier on, it's a special Sunday for us. It's, a, it's our ministry fair. And this message is to help us again to realign with God's purpose and his intention. And as a church, uh, a responsible church that is always creating opportunities for people to serve. Uh, this is the Sunday, one of those Sundays where we are, we are waking to that again. So we're going to close this service much earlier than we normally do to create room uh, for all of us to embrace something about the service to God. Yeah, uh, we, we, we want everybody to be able to participate in what God is doing. Now, somebody may be saying, um, everything that happens, you know, that I know about, I, I, because of where I am in life, I can't plug into that and all. I need you to understand something. Charity, they say, begins at home. Some of us will never live our best life and our most purposeful life until we're fully identified with our faith community and our faith family. We may not have that opportunity. So, uh, 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 there's, there's a, this is a great season to submit your shape to God's service. There's something that, you know, that will engage your shape in this church. What you have on the screen is not all we do. It's just a fraction of it. When Pastor Debo comes, our resident pastor, he will show us everything. Uh, some people here, you may not, you may be saying, oh, I can't join a unit or anything like that. What can you do? Yeah. If you're that skilled, we need your profile. There are young people in this church who need to be mentored. Yeah. There are small groups that were starting that specialize that they need your experience there. The family life unit needs you. We can train you with your experience to be a good counselor who will shape the foundation of many other lives. Some of us have upwards of 25 years of experience in our field. There are people who are just entering, and they are right here. This is why the faith community exists, that iron will sharpen iron and will help the next generation to make the best out of their lives. Don't just sit and warm the pew. Let God use you. This is what this Sunday is all about. I'm going to invite our resident pastor very shortly. He will talk us through the ministry fair. We have tents on that side, so most of us will have to exit this way so that we can meet with people and some of them will come and meet us from the service and usher us outside. Some of our leaders of the different ministries. I just want you to know that on this day, 21st of May, right? The year of our Lord, 2023, your pastor challenged you about living your life for God and for his eternal purpose. The response is in your hand. But you can no longer hold your church responsible for your lack of kingdom legacy because that's what we're pushing to you. The Elevation Church is not just a church that people attend. It's a family that you belong to. Your impact must be felt first within your faith family, just like it must be felt in your biological family. Because anyone whose impact cannot be felt in his biological family is not a responsible family person. The same way your impact must be felt in your faith family. That's the purpose of God. That's the purpose of God. And then from here, we shine our light into our generation, in our professional circle, in our community, where we live. It's as we start from here. Yeah. But this place gives you an opportunity for spiritual accountability where we'll help you to find your gift to flame and water what God is doing in your life. We watch over you as a people that will give account to God on your behalf. Glory to Jesus. Are you blessed again today? One more time, put your hands together and celebrate Jesus. I want us to give to God uh, very quickly before I invite a pastor up. Uh, I want us to package our offerings, our tithe, whatever you brought to church today to give to God. There are many ways we give at the Elevation Church. And that will be on the screen. Multimedia, please, can you put that on the screen? For everyone joining us from far and near online, I want you to also join us as we give to God today. Uh, if you're writing a check, please do it to the Elevation Church. If you're giving cash, there are envelopes in the pocket of the seat in front of you and behind you uh, that you can pick up. We want you to package your offerings very carefully uh, in honor of our King. If you're using your devices to, 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 to give, uh, 
please look at the screen. Uh, you will get information about how to give to God. Uh, if you're giving, if you're local to us, for people online, all the local giving details are also available. And by now, if you're a regular at the Elevation Church, I expect you to have all this information already locked into your giving process, whether on an app or something, so that whether we display it or not, uh, you can take responsibility and still give to God. Are we ready to, to, to give? All right, let's pray over our offerings. Our Heavenly Father, we thank you for the opportunity that you have given us to resource your kingdom uh, through giving, to bless everyone who gives to support ministry at the Elevation Church. We speak a blessing over every tithe, everyone honoring you in percentage giving of tithing, everyone uh, giving a seed, giving a pledge. We ask, Lord, let your hand rest upon our gift, accept